Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you wore shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politic and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing too. Uh, welcome to the underground. Uh, ep- episode, what are we on? 15? 15. Uh, your weekly glitch in the system for May 31st, 2021. It's the last day of May. It's also Memorial Day. Um, which, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Joseph, um, and then I'll let yeah. you shill, I'll let you shill for us, but M- Memorial Day is about fallen soldiers, correct? Correct. Why is everyone thanking the vets on Memorial Day? Is that normal? Is that normal? It's a, it, it, or is that confusion? It, it is. It's normal because of this confusion. Okay. Like the, the vets who are alive have their day in September. Right. But Memorial Day is specifically for those who have given their lives in the line of duty. Because yeah. I, um, I, I, so. I, I was watching a bunch of videos earlier before we started, and uh, it was just like everyone was like thanking the vets. And I, and I was like, wait, I was like, today's about fallen soldiers, not. The, well, it's about veterans, if you will, but like the fallen and not those who came back. Um, yeah, and obviously not right. everybody, everybody was doing this. I think um, uh, Spike Cohen actually had a really good tweet where he's like, the I think he, he uh, put the number of uh, fallen soldiers in the Middle East or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, time to end the, you know, these regime change conflicts and like all this sort of stuff being very, I mean, obviously it's a little political, but still right. being like, hey, like I care, therefore we need to, we need to move forward with this. We have to stop letting this happen. And I was like, yeah, man, exactly. It's pretty good. There's no reason they should be over there. I was just, cur- um, I was just curious. Like, it's not, it's not really a criticism of anyone. It's, it was just kind of like, I think you're getting your days confused. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I, so. Yeah, it's very much. I, I know in church, uh, like I've seen pastors, and our pastor actually mentioned it yesterday about him seeing it too, because he pointed out the same thing. Like Memorial Day is specifically for um, fallen soldiers, right? Uh, because he was in church one time, and I've been in church where they've done this too. And like on Memorial Day, they're like, "Hey, can all our veterans rise?" and then clap the hand and everything. And people are like, and, and he had one of his friends who served in the military was like, "Hey, it's not that." not thankful or whatnot that they want to honor us as like, but that's not our day. Our days in September today, specifically for those who are given their lives. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, it just puts things in perspective and puts it on its proper focus and mm-hmm. um, all that. So yeah, I think it's just a confusion thing. <laughs> oh, right, man, right. But how are you doing, dude? Uh, How are you enjoying Memorial Day so far? Good. It's nice. The it, long weekend, as Kamala Harris likes to call it. It's yeah. Oh gosh, Joe Biden was like, "Yeah, uh, enjoy the thing or whatever." Um, it's it's good, man. The thing I, where they hang in. Mm, you I'm, know, we get the long weekend. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad to have a uh, a day off and to get a few things done and to. 
oh, I guess I should mention before you do anything else. So, oh man, shoot. Uh, I'm going to get better at this, but uh, some of you okay. probably will have noticed that we had an intro song uh, for the podcast now. Um, that is a song called Politicking by Eric July. Uh, so shout out to Eric for putting that out and allowing it to be free so that I can use it as an intro for the podcast uh, because you know we're 15 episodes in and this is the first time we've done that, uh, mostly because I like kind of getting straight into it, but as a as a sort of little stinger in the front I think it works really well and uh I have some ideas to make to like do a little more production with the podcast but I'm I'm doing it slowly and trying things because I don't want to go too fast I don't want us to like commit to too much and then I'm sitting there for like two hours after the show is over trying to like clip everything together just perfectly right um so it's step by step uh but yeah so that that explains that um Joseph what else do you have uh for the good people. For everyone. Yes. So yeah, if if you like our podcast, um, you know we're doing this value for value model that No Agenda does, along with uh, MoFax and other podcasts out there. It's called Podcasting 2.0. So it's a value for value system. So it, it, it's not like Patreon, to where the more you pay per month, the more things you get. It's just hey, if you get any value out of our podcast, you put forward whatever value you perceive to get from it. If that's a uh, dollar a month if that's a million dollars if that's you know it, your time your talent and your treasure so um if you want to do artwork for you know to do a cover art for an episode or whatnot you can do that if you want to donate paypal crypto anything like that um it's whatever type of value you're getting from us and if you do like our podcast the best thing that you can do is to share it Share it with your friends, your family, post it on social media, um, where you can also follow us on social media. We have we both have Instagram accounts and Twitter accounts. You can also, on Apple Podcasts now, you can follow us and not subscribe. But on YouTube and Odyssey, we need you to subscribe. They're the same thing, but entirely different, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and... Uh, if you want to donate to us, uh, just go to our show notes. We have uh, the link to our PayPal there. Uh, and yeah, feel free to rate us on wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us five stars, five thumbs up, whatever they uh, call, and leave us a review, comment on our videos, email us any way. You, if you want to reach out, we enjoy talking to people. And so uh, if you also would like to become part of our discord community just let us know too when you reach out to us and we'll get you involved with that yeah absolutely so we're trying to our discord's about uh, engaging ideas and and having fun too it's not just about politics and culture and stuff like that it's just about having fun talking about just different things mm-hmm. nothing super serious just various different interests uh, but then it's also about helping other content creators so if you want to get in become a part of that mm-hmm. we're trying to build it just let us know so yeah absolutely that's and, it and, and surprising we have we have a few, like we've got, uh, uh, one of the guys on there does some photography. And so he's been posting some of that. Um, I wish there was a way that discord to let you do a folder though. Cause even he was saying that he didn't want to, uh, like blow up the feed cause it only lets you mm-hmm. post individual pictures. Um, so it sucks that there's not a way that would be cool. It, it's yeah. It's it, that discord should have a way for you to do like a gallery type thing where you could upload everything, but it's like one single post. Um, I guess he could create a gallery somewhere online and then post that, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. And then uh, your buddy, Doc Tui, 
Uh, yes. He's got, yeah, he's he does a, a lot of streaming. Streamer. Um, and then, yep. uh, uh, my friend Jake, who you've met, I mean, he's, he, you've literally met Jake. Um, so he's been working pretty hard to get, uh, to, to start drawing more. He's doing a lot of like, I guess, digital drawing. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's been posting some of his stuff on there as well. Uh, but I, I think so is what's his username on the Discord? He's, he's Charlie the Boot. Charlie the Boot, right? Yes. And that's to Jake. I mate in Valdosta, right? Yes. Nice. Yep. I gum. Do control. Mm-hmm. All right. Then yeah, he's getting good. Put those two together. I know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know, if, if that's your thing, or if like you're really into just about anything, we've got it on there for the most part. Yeah. Um, let me run through here just so people are aware like it's not we do have a section for um general stuff content creation tech talk so anything that's related to tech literally anything that's related to technology um politics and then uh religion we have video games uh just posting funny memes any Mm -hmm. type of funny conspiracies you want to talk about then we have like book recommendations movie tv alcohol cigars and pipes guns (laughs) Uh, we have sports mainly just MMA and football. It's basically Joseph talking to himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The sports part is just me talking to myself. (laughs) And then, um, it's also like the, the, uh, the stock section is basically me just posting memes about what AMC is doing. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, uh, but yeah, so if you join and there's any, you know, topics you want to add to it, you know, just let us know and we're happy to create that. So, so yeah, that's pretty fun. Um. So and then uh, you sent me a link to a website, and I didn't know if you wanted to just mention it real quick. I put it in the show notes just as like, oh, a, yeah. Um, it seems cool. Seems so, legit. Just from scanning yeah, through so it a little bit. There's this website called Ground News, and basically, let me repeat that again: Ground News, and. Uh, Basically, what it does it will show you uh, whether if it's left leaning, right leaning, or center, any articles, what articles and what narratives and topics are being shared. And so, for example, when you, it can kind of show you the bias and what left leaning media, CNN, MSNBC, etc., uh, what they're talking about, and then right leaning media, what they're only talking about. So it kind of lets you know. Uh, the narrative Democrats are getting fed and then the narrative Republicans are getting fed. Uh, you know, there are some, I mean, they include like AP and some other sources as center of the aisle. I Just, disagree with that. Yeah. I don't think AP is center. No. They're left leaning. Like a lot of these independent media outlets are more left leaning than like, it's almost like unless you're far left that you're only considered left leaning. I'm yeah. like, no, but AP always slants to the left yeah like 90 percent of the time yeah so like i'll type in here i'll type in antifa into ground.news and just a search bar and you see uh zero percent left-leaning news sources covered um the entire year about antifa and how um, their power has become unchecked. That's one story. Let me get new. I, I did this the last this past weekend. It's like I was Antifa paid to protest at Capitol building. Um, so this person who was a part of Antifa and 
Antifa and was paid to protest at the Capitol building. No uh, left-leaning or center-leaning sources have spoken about it. Only one, to, to credit, only one right-leaning source on that. There's various other articles and stuff I found, too, a lot with Antifa to where you see it's very particular what the left isn't getting and, yeah. you know, the constant rioting and damage and, you know, their people getting out um, on bail and stuff like that. And then you can find the same thing on the right, too, with just different paintings. So. Oh, yeah, it's 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 whatever their specific audience wants to hear. That's what they're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. What uh, what uh, their confirmation bias to some degree. Uh, you yep, see that a lot. Exactly and, and, that. and it's funny because like journalism across the board. Uh, you would send in, you would send me some clips of stuff that we're not even talking about today uh, or anymore because you wanted to work on it a little bit more. But the reporters in those stories, they will mention things that you would think you want more detail about. Like, for instance, they'll say that blank thing. Uh, I don't know, like some someone was arrested for this, right? But they won't go into detail about it. Like they didn't really look into like, for instance, do protesters have the right to uh, march in the streets? Right. What happens, you know, if a car comes and and this is this, again, this is something we'll talk about another time. But do they have the right you to can do go that? Ahead and bring it up. OK, well, yeah, you, right. yeah, that's what I'm saying is like the a lot of a lot of talk about, you know, can you march in the streets? What happens if a car shows up? What happens if an emergency vehicle shows up? Um, and even from one of the things that you put in there, uh, who was that from? That was, it was like the rights of the protesters. ACLU. Right. And, and so they even said, if if cars are coming, you can't block the traffic. Like you don't have the right to block block the traffic as a protester. Exactly. And And, it's interesting because you would think, and they don't, well, I'm saying, you're supposed to be a journalist. Right. You're getting to it. Go ahead. No, no, keep going. Keep going. I was going to say the same thing. You're supposed to be a journalist. So you would think, you would approach it from this aspect, like, hey, let's look into this. Was there a exactly. violation of something that occurred? Or is this, you know, one of those unfortunate situations for both of them and mm-hmm. nothing really occurred? And especially yep. in that one video uh, to where it said the protester was assaulted with a deadly weapon and the woman didn't even have her foot on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. I think her car was just rolling forward and she was honking the entire time. And they're like, who stands in front of a car? You know what I mean? Right. Like regardless of the situation. Right. You know? So and again, we'll so, talk about that more once you get, get into it, but it's just that kind of stuff. Like anytime you hear a news story and they're, they'll make a statement about something, but there's no detail to that statement. It's just bad journalism because it took slanted. It, it's yeah. bias, confirmation bias. It took you. Go ahead. It would take you no time at all to look up what are the rights of a protester if a car is coming, right? Or there, you could type that into Google and probably find it in two seconds. And they're not even doing that. They're not even taking the time to put that into their story. They have to do like you have two guys on a podcast doing that exactly, and it doesn't take that long. Uh, you know, and anyway. I'm using I'm purposefully using left leaning sources mm-hmm. and going off of their standpoint and views not using anything right. centered or right or libertarian it's like when i uh i looked up that thing about herd immunity and i was using a quote from the harvard yes ha- yeah not yep. ben shapiro not any of these other sources right directly from something that would be considered very left-leaning yeah yes. exactly and uh that's <laughs> so it's just one of those things that's like 
yeah, whatever. Even though now it's so funny is like after we talked about that, you're slowly starting to see people come out and be like, oh, maybe herd immunity is even better than if you get the jab. So it, it's funny how that stuff happens. And it's like, oh, color yeah. me surprised. Speaking of uh, Corona, uh, how about that whole Dr. Fauci stuff? I know we're oh, he, yeah. talking. We yeah, he's like this. Oh, yeah. Don't listen <laughs> to anything I said for the last year and a half. Something, <laughs> something must have happened because like someone must have pissed someone off in the cathedral or something happened and someone's trying to cover their back because all of a sudden Bill Gates is thrown under the water with Melinda Gates. Right. Yeah. He's uh-huh. gone. He's, he's gone. out of there. Um, and now this whole thing with Dr. Fauci and gain of function research, and we're not getting, mm-hmm. we're just talking off cup here. This isn't a topic. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and it's just like, man, something had to have happened. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. someone got, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, Bill Gates right under there tying in the Jeffrey Epstein. They're not trying to tie, you know, all these other people who have affiliation with Jeffrey epstein and how oh how weird is that i'm like yeah bill gates yeah that is weird yeah. so is all these other people so yeah uh dvorak thinks that there are a bunch of books that are about to come out that are not going to yes. put a lot of those people in the best of light and they're going to have a lot of evidence to show that they uh manipulated a lot of things so i mean because we've been uh, you and i have been talking about this for even before the podcast started but you know fauci's wife is one of the like board of directors at moderna She's directly yep. involved with that, and it's like that should have made him ineligible to be the person that was giving people uh, uh, medical advice in this situation, especially uh, pushing vaccines the way that exactly. he was. Exactly. So, and then not only weird. that, I think it's going to show Bill Gates as well his uh, oh his connection with all that, his connection with all that, Bro. and then Fauci's connection, which has already been made public, the gain of function gain a function lab in Wuhan. Yeah. And all I'm hearing you say is that Trump was right. Shh. <laughs> That's the, the big uh, the three words that are wrong to say. Yeah. I Trump mean, was right. He, and, and the thing is, is that Trump was probably getting this information from people in his cabinet, like people who are medical experts. Intel. And it's not as if he was coming up with most of the stuff off the cuff people were telling him these things that's kind of how it works so yeah yeah i mean he maybe you know, like he Trump was randomly came up with it he's mm, not that crazy they'll never i mean they'll ne- they'll well i think there was i heard a clip a while back uh where cnn one of those major outlets was maybe it was npr was kind of giving him credit for it and they were like yeah the things that he had mentioned last year about certain whether it was like drugs or the way that certain things worked he might have actually been correct about these things, but they will yeah. not. No, no one will actually just be like, in this specific thing, he was correct. They just won't do it. They will not and do it. This is what, and this is, this is what it sends. Let me tell you the message that it sends with them not doing this basic thing and just admitting, yeah, he was right about this. And, and we got to check our bias and our hatred for him because I saw a lot on, on, in the media and in social media too about people saying basically what they're saying is is that yeah but the messenger was a liar the messenger was was Bro. the problem I'm like no, it, it, that's bad argument bad logic and it what it does is it makes it seem like there was some type of whether if it was spoken or unsaid i'm not saying there was some secret cabal and all the heads got together to formulate <laughs> this plot that's not what i'm saying 
but if there was almost like a wink wink or you know whatnot um of like let's get trump out and use every means necessary to get him out and okay now let's use the pandemic to get him out mm -hmm. and you know that's why i mean heck that dude from cnn you know whatever you want to say about project veritas at least they're trying to do investigative journal journalism yeah. and they got that dude on cnn saying like we kept the death ticker up there because it was good ratings you know yeah and and fear again, right? and and it hurt trump something else that and that's I've what been it saying, was about like what yeah. can we do to get trump out that's what mm -hmm. and that's again by them not acknowledging that trump was right about this it makes it seem like they were trying to use this to get trump out exactly and you know my as far as veritas is concerned my only issue is their production because yeah, it seems like they're telling the truth, but it's really annoying because they're always, and obviously they're trying to make these people comfortable, but they always have this like this bombastic music playing underneath and they have these awful cuts in their videos. And then of course the audio is hardly legible. Uh, like you tried to get me to play yeah, a clip on used. here. I don't think we have actually played clips on here, but you sent, had sent me some and I was like, I can't play this. I was like, I don't want to, I, I don't want to listen to this. It sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. I think Even if the information's good. Even yeah. even though that was one of their more clear audio productions, I imagine probably doing investigative journalism, um, trying to get when you're trying to when you're spying on someone essentially, and you're trying to get that information. I'm sure it's probably difficult yeah. to get good audio yeah. quality if you don't first have like a setup spot in mm -hmm. place. Veritas, figure out your audio, please. Yeah. Please figure out your audio. You got. Yeah. There's got to be a way to clear it up just a little bit. Um, I think next week. I want to get line, in on maybe. the Fauci and Rand Paul thing. Maybe so. <laughs> well, oh man, let's let's run through a couple. How about like, how about Rand Paul getting that package sent to his house that that his wife opened to where it had suspicious uh, powder into oh, it after he no. said I'm not getting vaccinated and it has suspicious white powder in it, and it was from someone. Uh, basically getting mad at him for his stance on the vaccine yeah. and trying to threaten him. I forget what, what I said in there, Dude. but I know this guy, Richard Marks, who was a celebrity or is a celebrity or whatnot, previously to that had uh, had said something, I want to buy the guy who beat up, like Rand, he wants to buy Rand Paul's neighbor who beat him up, all the beers, he alcohol he can consume and stuff, like based encouraging violence because of someone yeah. that they disagree with. And we were talking prior to the show about, I think we forget that, you know, and, and we've done this mistake too, so we're not calling the kettle black here, but we forget through our jesting or or maybe we don't like someone that these people are human, you know, mm -hmm. and that regardless of uh for the for the most part, like regardless of what your stance is, it, it goes back to Christ, right? Like mm -hmm. love your enemies as I have loved you. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and that stems from your view of God and, and you believing, you know. Uh, how much God has done for you and his love, and then you're treating your neighbor like that, and we forget that everyone's made in his image and to treat people as humans, man. Yeah. You know? Mm. It's just like you get too... You put too much of your identity and and hope into these politicians and the politics and whoever and whatever, and it just leads yourself to destruction yep. and hopelessness and, and sadness to leave you do, lead you to do something stupid like try to intimidate... A senator. Yep. But also, Again, man, that dude has been beaten up by his neighbor, like had a punctured lung, broken ribs, all kinds of stuff. Then he uh, was shot at at a baseball where another baseball. Oh, right. Game with that, Bernie, that Bernie supporter. 
Bernie supporters. Yeah, all Bernie supporters are terrorists. Uh, no, she's not a terrorist. Right? <laughs> that um, we know of. You know, that's what they love to do. You know, to, <laughs> a honeypot. Anyone on the right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Honey, uh, and then, yeah. And then he was accosted at in Washington, D.C. Um, after the Republican National Convention to where uh, that was my favorite with, one with his wife. That was my favorite and one because were, that was. That was the Brianna Taylor yeah. thing where they are all yeah. are all going, uh, like say her say name. Her name blah, blah, blah. And he's literally like, guys, I'm trying to, I'm the person putting forward the bill to make no knock warrants illegal. What are you doing? That's literally named the Brianna Taylor yeah. like justice act. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. So, st- dude, I, I'm telling you, like, I, I think that's one of the biggest problems is that. I, I generalizing. I'm generalizing here very much, but yeah. like protesters are kind of dumb. Yeah, this is where this is when I we agree. talk about collectives. Activists are kind of dumb. Yeah, collecti- collectivism has a tendency to be very dumb and make very mm-hmm. poor decisions, and you see that That's in there true. where it's like d- y'all should at least know who some of these like these people are before you confront them and what they stand for, and it just tells you that it's like they don't understand. They legitimately don't understand anything that goes on in this country. No, it's tribalism, mm-hmm. and, and and you know that you know what's interesting. He has an R next to his name. He's terrible with the mask. Because mm-hmm. in the beginning with the coronavirus, it was the conservatives who were like, no, you need to wear your mask. We need to ban travel from China and Asia and stuff like that and all these things. And then, uh, specifically with the mask, though, it's like a switch happened to where then the liberals started wearing a mask and conservatives were like, no, it's useless and meaningless. And I think basically what it was was, you know, more uh, evidence came out. And yeah. so conservatives started being like, hey, we don't need to worry about masks. They're pointless and useless because of this, that. We don't have to get in all that. And then liberals were like, no, no, you need to wear tin masks. Um, Speaking of tribalism, we need to talk about AMC. <laughs> okay, let's do it. We got to talk about this. Um, okay. Because surprisingly, uh, so I went to a Memorial Day dinner, what, uh, Low Country Boil yesterday. Yeah. And... Uh, some people are, oh, how's it going? What's going on? And I was like, I brought up AMC with a few people. The The number of people who have no idea what's happening with this thing is is actually kind of surprising considering it's all over the news. Um, so for those of you that don't know, uh, if you're aware of what happened with GameStop back in January with the stock market and what they call a short squeeze, um, mm-hmm. the running theory currently, and it seems like things are headed in that direction based on AMC's stock going up 116% last week, which is basically unheard of. Stocks don't do that. Um, and I've been following this since January, since the whole like GME thing happened. Um, there, right. there were a lot of people... Uh, and I, I put a link in the show notes just for people who want to read a little bit more about short squeezes. Um, I put a link down there so that you can kind of read into it. Uh, but essentially what's happening is that uh, hedge funds have uh, shorted a stock and all, normal people have gotten like wind of what they're doing and they're essentially hoping that they can get enough people to buy the stock that raises the prices where the hedge funds have to um, buy back the shares that they uh, were loaned. Mm-hmm. And doing this would cause something called a short squeeze, which essentially potentially uh shoot the price up of amc a hundred x a thousand x there everyone's got these like 
numbers that they wanted to reach or whatever. Um, right. And I, it, and the reason I say it's kind of like tribalistic is because there are a lot of people that like get really pissed off if anyone says that they're going to sell when it hits a number that's lower than the number that they wanted to hit. And I think people, it, I think people need to understand with something like this that as much as so like one of the outrageous numbers i don't think it's going to do this i i don't think it's possible um just because logically i don't know why anyone when given the option to sell when they've made like a million dollars or whatever wouldn't just sell mm -hmm. right oh well you could yeah, make right. this much money but it's like yeah but i also could just know hey i've made a million dollars that was an awesome play i'm gonna move into something else right so people are thinking it's gonna hit like a hundred k a share uh, and the mat they're, they're, they're kind of using, I can't say for sure because people would just completely disagree with me. Uh, and that's why this is very tribalistic because if you kind of say anything that you're trying to be sort of like realistic, if you will, or trying to say it's going to be like, Hey, don't set your expectations so high because if it doesn't reach that, you know, you're, you're out of it, right? You might get left holding yeah. a bag if you're waiting for it to get to this super, super high position. It's just, it's not smart investing in the long run. And so like, I, I've seen numbers that you need to be realistic, right? Right. And so I think realistically, if it's as big of a squeeze as people think it's going to be, and there's a lot of hype around it. So, um, a thousand dollars seems realistic to me about a thousand dollars a share, uh, is totally possible, which would be insane, right? Um, that's kind of high end. And then like my, like kind of like in the clouds, high end to be like 10 K a share, which oh, would man. still be, still About be nuts. That. Cause you're getting into crypto levels at that point. Yeah. Right. Of like, that'd be, and they think that that's realistic for mm -hmm. it to come between and, one and 10,000. Mm -hmm. It all, it all depends on this week and how much like FOMO is in the market of people buying up shares just regularly to push the price up. Uh, and then some gamma squeeze stuff, which is is all kind of based on calls, uh, the call options, and, uh, and if how all that happens, it will shoot the price up, and mm -hmm. and then if you'll be rolling at some yeah at some point when that price gets high enough, the the hedge funds are going to have to return those shares because it's going to be the interest is going to be way too high because no one's going to want to loan out shorts, uh, and they already have like a lot of apps have already taken off the ability for you to short AMC. Uh, you haven't been able to short it in the Weeble app since February, I think, because it's just because too it's too risky. It. Yeah. Uh, because the the price of it's getting too high. Oh man! So it's like I think so. The European market's open today, and just from reading some of the stuff, uh, it's sitting around thirty dollars. Um, so it's already up about potentially. It's already up about four dollars from where it closed on Friday. So we'll see. Uh, you know it. I, you know, it's, I'm not trying to give financial advice to anyone. Like I would never do that. Like you have to go anytime you're looking into doing any sort of plays in the stock market or in crypto, yeah. do your own due, due diligence. Yeah. That, that's what but I'll you're say. Just trying, it there. You're not trying to get any stocks. You're just trying to get call shares, right? Uh, well, I have, Some shares I have call. stock in AMC. I've had stock yeah. in AMC since January because I, I, it was basically like the how money. Much, I, how, how many stocks do you have? Do, I, do you I, I'm, not, I'm not going to disclose it on here. Come on. You know. Disclose it. No, no. Pressure. No. I don't like, that's the thing is like when you, get in, when you get into that like tribalism stuff, it's like <laughs> even with crypto, dude, I don't like talking about it in a like social media kind of platform anymore. Like oh, I'll yeah. talk to people privately yeah. about that stuff because I think there's some room to have discussions there. 
But mm-hmm. like I said, people are so people tribalistic. Get too about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I just I've heard enough conversations that people have had on social media where they're literally they look at like Bitcoin as like a like a religion at this point, and you're you're kind of seeing some of that with uh, AMC and GameStop. Just sort of this this cultish mentality of like you're either mm-hmm. with us at this specific price number or you're against us. And so I'm like, well, I'm just yeah. not going to talk about it until you and I won't. I'm not going to tell you when I when I sold. Yeah. Um, uh, if it's so dude, I'm it, weighing. So I, I'm. I know we talked about this beforehand. I'm weighing. I used to have AMC stock, and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna sell off. It had risen, and I sold off. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about getting back in, and but I'm trying to weigh the option between getting stocks or calls, and m- maybe I'll just do both though. Mm-hmm. So I, I just that's the biggest thing for me right now is like I think I'm gonna stick with where I am on what the stocks that I have. Obviously, I'll give an update yeah. next week because you know this the market's not even open today. Um, it's getting it's getting pricey. Obviously, stocks aren't nearly as pricey, but the options are getting kind of insane. Uh, just because, and I and I talked to my boss about this, and one of the reasons that you're seeing these uh, massive prices, even on like the seventy dollar calls on AMC, that, that they're really expensive, uh, it's just because the potential for a short squeeze. So, mm. and it may, I, I think, so GameStop's took about two a week and a half, two weeks. So I'm trying to hedge how I want to potentially play that. Uh, you know, it's yeah. stock talk or whatever, but. I be- We'll see. We'll see, man. I, I just haven't I haven't really decided yet because the market's not open. You can't buy calls until yeah. the market opens. I'm thinking about investing some significant money in AMC. Not anything that would like break me or whatnot right. if it if it lost. So I'm trying to weigh should I do the calls or should mm. I do the stock? I it's, thought about doing it's tough. Now so let me ask you the this only because okay, I can't remember ahead. and I've studied for my series seven license and I used to know a whole lot more than I do now and I've forgotten so much. Um not that I was an expert by any means. But uh, do you, so I know you can get a better, greater return on investment percentage wise, mm-hmm. right? With options, yeah. But like, if I own the stock outright and the stock goes up, won't I technically make more money off of that one stock than uh, kind of than the option? Well, it, uh, you know, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, like, I know having my a return call, of investment will higher, higher percentage, but right. monetarily wise, unless I have a ton of shares, because when you buy, it's a hundred like, one call option. It's a hundred, right? And so shares. that's that's the difference. You're you will make more money off of calls. Stocks are sa- significantly safer because if a stock goes down, you're only losing the price of each individual stock because you can average out. Right. You can average out how much you've spent on your stocks. Um, you can't really do that with calls. And so it's just a, a potentially like, okay, am I, for instance, like if you were to put a thousand dollars into calls at at most, you'll lose a thousand dollars, but your gains could be significantly higher, especially during a squeeze, which is kind of rare. Like these don't happen all the time. A lot of the reason they're happening now is because the market is so jacked up. And so people are just taking advantage of it, which I have no problem with. I really don't. Uh, it's like, if it's, if it's there to take advantage of and nobody's doing anything about it, like, it is what it is, man. So, yeah, whereas with like the stocks, you know, so options are riskier. Mm-hmm. Saying you don't leave, you, obviously, as long as you're not short selling. Yep. But the if and you're doing everything else, um, you only have at most to risk the money that you put in. Mm-hmm. But with stocks, as soon as it go down, you can sell off and have yeah. a you have less risk associated with it. Exactly. There's just re- less risk in stocks in general. 
Um, you yeah. can also, I mean, you can kind of do it with calls if you have a lot of them, but you can also you can also take percentages of your stocks out when it hits certain price points, right? So if it hits like a thousand dollars, and you're like, well, I think this thing might run even further. You could always take a little bit out to cover what you originally put in. So great, you're good on that. You've got what you originally put in, and you're you're you still have more in there. So if it keeps running. You can take it out, or if it if it falls back a little bit, and you're like, "Well, this seems good to me," you can just take it out. So right. it's just easier to kind of play that, and and there again, there's less risk involved. So it and it just depends. The 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 I think the common knowledge is like it's good to have stock and then consider looking at calls, unless you just want to play mm-hmm. calls all the time and that's just your thing. Um, yeah. But I think the general like, especially if you're like bullish on a uh, a specific stock. They're just like, hey, have stocks because that helps hedge against some of your potential financial losses in mm-hmm. uh, options. So that is what it is. Right. So I just wanted to wanted to mention it because it's kind of all over the place, and you you're not hearing a lot about it outside of people who are invested in that kind of stuff. And you know, Bro, I I think investing can't it up to ten thousand. It'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. Oh, would it be nuts? Boy, I will. I would disc- I would disc- if it hit ten k a share. I would tell people how much I made. I, off of it because it, it's it would be a lot of it would be a lot of money <laughs> oh dude you'd be like I'd be, uh, I'd, send you that. I'd send you a cup and be like spare coin for a beggar <laughs> oh man um anyway uh i one other thing that i wanted to talk about uh before we get into some other like newer stuff so we did a a little or i talked about army of the dead last week uh the Zack snyder movie that came out yes uh after we finished recording i watched a video by uh or from red letter media on youtube mm-hmm. uh they're su- super funny guys like very sarcastic dry humor and they do a lot of reviews and they're very very smart when it comes to sort of like the film industry and technical stuff and all that and they made a comparison that kind of made me mad <laughs> not at them but at Zack snyder he basically lifted the plot of aliens like ridley scott's aliens from like i think the movie came out in like 1985 something like that it's almost the exact same movie like literally uh zack snyder ripped characters and dialogue from aliens and put it in army of the dead there's actual like mechanically from like a shot to shot basis and how certain plot elements play out in aliens it's like the last maybe the last 20 minutes of the movie is basically the ending of aliens there's at least two characters in um army of the dead that are almost just ripped straight out of aliens and i'm just kind of like man i was like first of all i was like i can't believe i didn't notice that i guess i just wasn't paying that much attention because it's just kind of a dumb zombie movie uh but this is like what hollywood has basically left us with this is what they've left us with is we don't have ideas anymore yeah yep and, that uh, was my. I mean, I mean, you it, see this. I mean, even going back farther away, the most successful failure ever ever was Avatar, and they just ripped off Pocahontas. Yeah, Dances with Wolves. It's basically that yeah. uh, fish yeah. out of water scenario or whatever. Who learns to yeah. love the thing that he was there to destroy or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, yeah, Avatar. Uh, so I just wanted to mention it. No big deal. Like it's not. I don't want to like. There's nothing else to really say other than like Zack Snyder seems to be more of a hack than I originally had thought. It's just like it's like he got yeah. late. Like oh, we want you to do another one, and he's like, all right. And then he just watched Aliens and went, hmm, this plot's pretty good. I like this movie. 
Let me redo it. Yeah, no one will notice. Uh, they mentioned they mentioned some other stuff in that video, which I don't know if I have it linked. I'll link the video in the show notes so that people can can watch it if they want to. But there's some like technical stuff that he did in it too. That them saying, "Hey, this is what's going on." I went, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's not good." <laughs> anyway, oh that's funny. Let me. I'm about to see if I can go ahead and link this in the show notes. I've, I had pulled it up so I could watch it for later. So while you're doing that, I'll uh, I'll sort of like intro this next section because um, I think it's really, it's really interesting. So IGN's sort of been in the there. For those of you that don't know, IGN is sort, it's like a, a media jur- journalism. I use that word lightly. Uh, outlet. Yeah. Uh, based out of California, they they are, got their start covering video games, and but now they do sort of just entertainment stuff in general, so movies, TV, toys, all sorts of stuff. Um, and they've been in some hot water sort of recently, but more it's more drama coming out of there, uh, where they were doing fundraisers on their their video game entertainment website for mm-hmm. uh, Pakistani charities and they were getting very much into this very hot political topic so right. the people that owned that owned that company came down and were like stop you know because there's an i what the weird thing is is there's an ign israel so ign us was doing something that was going against in a, in a sense another branch and i'm not trying to get political about that whole thing we've talked about it in the past a little bit and i don't want to talk about it anymore really it's like go go do research try to look at both sides of the argument and figure out where it actually meets in the middle uh but you know essentially this came down to they put out a hot political topic that has nothing to do with uh any any real subject that they talk about on a regular basis on their on the 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 website and the higher-ups basically are like no and so a bunch of the staff at ign wrote a letter and a bunch of people signed it and the higher ups were like, no, you're not doing this. It's like, this is not what you do here, right? And so there was an article that uh, that came out. And I'm, I'm not a big fan of Kotaku. They have just as many problems as IGN with being too political right. in a space that doesn't, it's just like hyper, hyper political in a space right. where it's like, you can have your opinions, but if you're specifically writing columns to be political all the time, it's like you've kind of lost the plot as far as, you know. There's just not that many people yeah. that are interested in that. So this well, kind of like we brought up with video game. Like we brought this up with the entertainment industry as a whole, but specifically to help people understand what we're talking about is like when you're talking about a video game and you're talking about the political ideology in the video game instead of game mechanics, um, different modes and features of the game, like critiquing the game and and, and instead of being like, well, it doesn't have a, I don't know, twelve toed person in it. It's not a good game or something like that. You yeah. Know? casting your own ideology yeah. into it and not actually reviewing the game just it didn't make me feel warm and fuzzy and accepted mm-hmm. it's everywhere now and and so you know the the kotaku article that i linked is like very biased towards the staff but all uh, i'm saying is that madden doesn't it doesn't have any women in it yeah That's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. um but it, it essentially comes down to it's like you work for a corporation the corporation said no that's end of discussion no matter how you feel about it or leave and start your own start your own outlet do something right go work for Kotaku if that's what you want 
it, it's it's just stupid to think that you know it, it and it's a very like this dumb uh workers should have the say in, in, a, in the way a corporation i mean it's socialism essentially uh, that's what it comes down to um yep. and then they think that this this corporate entity is going to be like oh yeah we're totally fine with that keep doing what you're doing you know and then they tell them no and they all get angry and it's like what what did you expect it's about making money at the end of the day they don't if you want to get on Twitter and cry about your political opinion or whatever the case may be as much as you want, go for it. It's like, but when you're on company time, a lot of those places, they're just not going to put up with it no matter what their actual political opinion is. Because it was like Michael Jordan used to say, he's like Republicans buy sneakers too. I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the quote from Michael Jordan. It was Michael Jordan. So it's one of those things that it's like, sure, we all have our political opinions. That, that is what it is. But when you when it comes down to it, if you're trying to run a business that's not deeply entrenched in politics, something that's very divisive, mm-hmm. that you need to stop. You got to put that aside and and look at the medium that you're reviewing that you're talking about specifically from that, right? And yes, there are exactly. games there are games that have politics in them. It's not going to go anywhere, and that's fine, right? Movies are the same way, um, and you can speak into what those those politics are in the movie. Um, but for you to, exactly. to, to use a corporate platform to basically um, spread your ideology and, and not actually get into the in-depth of the movies or the TV and the p- things that people who are trying to consume your content want, it's like it's no surprise that when they come down on high, they're like, stop, you have to stop this. Um, and mm-hmm. IGN's been able to get away with a lot already. And, you know, they've had, they have, they've had trouble for years. I mean, we're talking like 10 years at this point, like sexual misconduct, plagiarism, um, you know, some of this politics stuff. Plagiarism? Yeah. There was a guy that worked for them. He was like their, their editor, their Nintendo editor. He straight up copied his review of a game called dead cells from a YouTuber. Like was word for word. Joe Bi- was, was he, he Joe, Joe Biden's speech writer? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, so it's just stuff like that, dude, that they, Joe Biden was like, I got a job for you, kid. <laughs> come work for me um he uh yeah and so then recently i guess there was some thing where someone was making fun of uh games journalists uh where it was like ign uh journalist is finally is is excited to finally play the game he just reviewed and they were like all up in arms about that and it's like it's just a yeah it's just a joke man but they just soft-skinned like people just cannot take it man and it's like if you can't take that kind of criticism yeah yeah it's bad dude um i don't i don't i hardly watch anything that has anything to do with video games anymore uh because most of the people who are involved in those industries whether they're talking about it or whatever the case may be they're all so politically driven and have one specific narrative um it's hard to find anyone that actually is pushing against that and then some of the people that are pushing Mm -hmm. against it it's just like their existence is to push against it you know and it that kind of feels like that's the case or whatever too and it gets a little muddy um so i know what you mean yeah so i think you am i correct that you have getting a little muddy (laughs) that was terrible Um, so I stumbled across this lovely article uh, about old Crony, and we were talking about masks earlier. And um, you know, at first I had difficulty being like, "Is this satire? 
<laughs> like this person just trying to screw with these people or is this um, serious? And I think this person is being serious. And the title of the article is from slate.com. You can find it in the show notes. And it says this person wrote into them and said that my husband won't take his mask off even for sex. And to kind of just summarize, I'm going to go through real, real fast. She's been married to this dude for five and a half years. Um, and he's always been a little bit of a wuss about getting illnesses. And uh, he, she didn't realize it was a, a real problem, didn't really think much of it till the pandemic happens and the pandemic comes and, you know, his terror level heightens to new levels. And, you know, he <laughs> always wears face. And this, this is a, so let me, he always wears his face mask, right? When, even when they're home and it's just the two of them. And now they're both fully vaccinated. And he wears it to sleep, bathroom activities, and even during lovemaking to eat, he pulls it up to expose his mouth and then pulls it back. <laughs> That's what this, like some of this maybe, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't insist that she does the same, but when she doesn't, it bothers him. You know, it's like, hey, you don't have to do what I do. Um, and so. She's, you know, listens to the CDC. She started going maskless outside and she wants to start going to restaurants and having girls nights, yada, yada, yada. Uh, she's tried to reason with him and he's like, well, I just would rather be safe than sorry. What's the harm in that? <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. And, uh, and of course, you know, one, of, there's many responses that slate gives to her, but one of them is basically was like, Hey, which we all can realize if this is true, there's something uh, deeper going on here, mm -hmm. right? For him, which is surprising. He has deeper issues. Yeah. But then it's funny because, like, it's like, hey, let's, you know, like, the first things they say is like, okay, that's reasonable. That's some good advice or whatnot. And then the last piece of advice is like, but if he doesn't listen to it, divorce him. And it's like, no, uh, you married okay. him. You, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I was with you up to here, and it's like, hey, for sickness and health, if you didn't want, like, you should have counted the cost before you married someone. There's a cost that is associated with it, and love is self-sacrificing. And this is one of the things, when your partner is acting all nutty, you got to love them and support them through it, even as draining. And, and, and that's not saying at some point maybe you don't separate or something like that, but that's different from divorce. Right. You know, right. cutting your losses. At that point, it's just a contract. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, what do you think? Well, I think it's a I, I don't think it's real at all. I think it's it's there's two things. I think either Slate totally made all of this up. Right. Or some yeah. someone is creating a specific straw man for the type of person that they see out and taking all of these things where they're like, oh, I've heard an, of an incidents where like someone doesn't want to or take off their mask during sex or like that was a guidance guidance at one point from certain uh sciencey people or whatever right uh, or uh it really is all fake and slate is just desperate at this point for for clicks, for, for clicks and for people to talk about this kind of stuff and because it seems yeah. it seems now i'm not saying there isn't something like that like at least one person in the world who's like that but it seems so insane it seems it so does. insane it seems it, hyper insane if it was just the he wants to wear it like that way or you know whatever but that's that's kind of the interesting thing, and it's funny. I actually have seen a an argument of someone who was like, "Oh, I'm just going to follow the science. I'm going to do the whole deal," 
And then the CDC changed their guidelines and someone was like, well, the guidelines have changed. If you've gotten the jab, you can take your mask off. That's that's the science. Do you now not believe the science after believing the science for for so long? She didn't have anything to say. Like just blunt, just very much like, uh, and then tried to to make some other argument or whatever. And so, uh, see, that's what I, I was thinking along your lines at first too. And the more I thought about, it, the more I was like, you know, I bet you know, just because of the hyper, um, the heightened sense to which people feel the political identity, um, it wouldn't surprise me if there was someone like this. Yeah, you know, if this was true, right? I can, and this is it's a sad thing to say. I'm not talking about. Oh, I could imagine. You know, there's. Uh, of this has possibly happened. I mean, I think it's a high yeah. likelihood that this has happened because yeah. I mean, it's like wearing it at all times, being super freaked out and everything, just this terror. And if you imagine, you know, it's possible this person uh, leans to the left, right? And oh, it's slate, so they definitely the do. Left, yeah. If they're leaning to the left, this man, right, who's wearing his mask, like in the article that they mentioned, if this is true and he's wearing it all the time, he's probably only consuming one particular source of media and it's a constant like i'm not saying that if you want to consider fox right news um that they don't fear monger and that right news media doesn't fear monger right but like this particular fear mongering he's like oh no i'm gonna die like if my dog farts in my face i'll die i'll get corona <laughs> and <laughs> you know what i mean exactly it's like just that that perpetrating that fear up and up and up and up and you have a year of that and it's it's funny because um when I was listening, like this stuff becomes, it's, it's one of those things that I think we've mentioned it on the podcast before. I've definitely talked about it with you and the other people that even if you know something's not a lie, right? Like, for example, like the Holocaust didn't happen. Like, mm-hmm. like if I, if somebody was to say that the Holocaust didn't happen and, or whatever you want to say. Um, and, but you have that on repeat 24 seven a day, every day of every week, Mm. every week of every month, every month of for an entire year or longer, eventually your brain will become more acceptable to the fact of listening to the Holocaust didn't happen, even though you know it's not true. And it's funny because like even you and I, I wouldn't say we're professionally trained to point out and, and to hear things, but we have a keener ability to, because we are looking at it and like listening that when I was listening to no agenda podcast, uh, like John had played a clip for Adam, I think. Uh-huh. And it was this guy saying that, uh, Oh man, what was it? He, he meant to say, uh, the virus. And he said the vaccine, the vaccine but at first yeah. I didn't catch it. It's like, a, yeah. yeah, it's a joke. It's, it's become a running joke with them because there's so many people who do that. They get yeah, vaccine like and virus. Up. Yeah. They get them the, like switched around or whatever. And you're right. People, and it's, people don't hear that stuff very often. And you know? I didn't catch it. And, yeah. and it's like, John, and I think Adam didn't catch it at first either. He's mm-hmm. like, can you play that back for, for me? And, uh, and Adam and, and John had to tell him and I was like, Oh wow. I didn't yeah. catch that first either. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's easy. So I say that to say it's easy for someone to become more accepting to something. And then to where you don't, hear it any longer Mm -hmm. and especially probably someone who's more prone to uh could be more prone to act out in those ways and then it's like i'm not even take my mask off for sex because i'm so scared and terrified of uh, of dying and there's multiple things probably at the root of this right yeah but it dude i mean i can see it being satire i can also see it truly being someone Mm -hmm. that's 
That's true. Well, those situations exist. Whether it's like this specific thing is real or not, there's plenty of people who have, whether they were mentally ill before uh, Rona or they are now, um, there's a lot of the stuff that's come out of people because they were forced to disappear. Like I talked to somebody yesterday that was like, I think he said his mom hasn't left the house in a year. And I'm just like, that is crazy. Yeah. To, you know, it's like, even when at the very beginning, I was taking things a little more seriously. I mean, I, I just, I've been listening to no agenda for so long and I, I'm, I'm already a skeptic in general. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I was still going for walks. Like they locked down North Carolina for two weeks and you know, it was like there, it was, it's clever because even for people who are like, Oh, this is BS. Like we're, I, why are we doing this? Whatever. There was still nothing for you to do. You know, you couldn't mm-hmm. like text all your friends and be like, Oh, let's go get a, uh, a drink or whatever. Or let's go do this because everything was closed. So you couldn't really do much anyway, other than, you know, go hiking up here or go for walks. But we were still getting out of the house. We were still going for walks, still doing whatever we could to keep because you and this is that I don't know if it's a I don't know where the the line is as far as like the difference between the way I saw things and handled things versus someone else who would have been more in this, the, the situation of this uh, this potential real person in this article. But realizing and maybe it's because I've gone through some like mental health stuff in the past, not to the to the extent of some people have, but enough that there were days that I didn't want to get out of bed. And uh, realizing like, nope, not doing this. Don't care if this thing, it was literally the kind of idea where it was like, don't care if this thing kills me. The other thing will kill me too. Yeah. And nobody wanted to talk exactly. about that. And it, dude, it, this, sorry, let me say this real quick and then Go you ahead. can respond. Um, this whole thing has gotten way out of hand and it's become cultish and I'll tell you why. Jimmy Dore, who is a, is very liberal, very left, mm-hmm. right? He's yes, gotten, yes. he's gotten his jab. He's gotten both of them. And he was talking about it on social media and kind of just talking about his experience and people were calling him an anti-vaxxer. How does that make sense other than they're a cult? That's it. It's tribalism, man. I guarantee you, I guarantee you if Biden and Harris and all these people came out and said, hey, don't get the vaccine, you're fine, all that stuff, you'd see a switch, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. The same thing with with the Republicans too. Yeah. You know, it's not... it's in different ways, and it, in a sense, I want to say it's, it doesn't seem, in my opinion, as bad um, as it just stands out on the left. Maybe it's just because it's not the right topic that we're seeing out. Um, but man, I mean, it's it. I'm it tired really of it. Man, it's just that it's like that tribalism, and like you again. And this is what we've pointed out. Like even during the height of it, and we were saying, hey, we don't think it's that important and like our personal opinion on getting the vaccine and wearing masks and stuff like that. But what we were trying to say is that don't shame us. If we have a different viewpoint from you, we're not telling you not to do this or not to get this or whatnot. You do what you feel comfortable with. Take the advice of your doctor. If you want to, um, that's fine. I'm not going to pick on you. I totally understand. Like I know people who've gotten the vaccine. Me too. I don't, I don't care. I don't think less of them. I don't think more of them. I'm just like, okay, cool. You got a choice. I understand reasonable. Um, I guarantee you right now, if I had to get the vaccine in order to see, you know, my wife or whatnot, um, I would get it, you know, mm-hmm. um, if I had to, you know, or whatnot, if I had to do whatever, you know, there, there's, plausible scenarios for me that would be like even though i'm highly skeptical i would do it but here's here let me say this okay this is this is 100 exactly what would have happened 
if say for instance like my my mom had been in the hospital during that whole thing and they're like oh you can't go and see that person or whatever i would have ended up in jail i probably would have gotten arrested and that's the thing that dude honestly that's the thing that that pisses me off the most about everything that's happened is that everyone was just like okay, I'll stand behind this glass thing while my father is dying or my mother is dying or my grandmother is dying or whatever. And you never, and yeah, dude, maybe, maybe there was a story of someone who did this, but I never, I, as far as, and if, if anyone's out there and they, they know about this, um, that would not have been, that would have not been the case for me. The headline would have been, uh, man is arrested in an attempt to spend the last moments with dying relative, whoever it would have been. Oh, you can guarantee. I'm, if I'm just saying was it. Dying or whatnot, like that. No. I don't know. I don't I play, dude. I don't play those kind of games. Nope. I, You're not gonna force mm. me to not see. I'll take on the risk of yeah. dying to yeah. see my relative. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's my choice, not uh-huh. your choice. And that's what I'm saying. If you, you want to, it, it's put it's me a, in a room so I don't get other people infected. Fine. Yeah. You know, but. Oh, it would, I mean, you would have had a problem anyway because you would have had to grab me. You would have had to do all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it's like you already would have been breaking guidelines to begin with, but you, no. Yep. Mm-mm. I, dude, I'm exactly. telling you, that, that stuff, honestly, that stuff it's actually crazy, boils man. me. Yeah. And then you have, that's, that's why we've tr- tried to highlight these politicians breaking their own COVID regulations, like these governors and stuff like that. And, representatives because it's like you're not allowed to see your dead relatives or you have family members who are suffering mentally from the lockdowns and restrictions um you know that the lockdowns and restrictions brought about uh you know the problems that were within them yeah and yet they're seeing their family friends hanging out with them and stuff like but you're not allowed to yeah and so that's what you get with socialism yep is and communism is it's just all the stuff you're complaining about with capitalism, capitalism, is with communism yep. and socialism. Yep, exact same thing. You will not you know, the yeah. haves and the have-nots. Yeah, yep. you will not be part of the bourgeoisie. It's just nope. It's not gonna happen. Um, all right, so we've got a couple more things. We finally are actually getting to some of our clips this week. It's all sort of like yeah. uh, on the back end, but uh, I think one of these more than the rest we'll probably have uh, a bigger discussion about. But I wanted to get into this because. Again, these are some things that people don't know that are going on in the world. And now we get to, well, at least with two of them, we get to move away from politics a little bit and into yeah. just some some interesting stuff that's going on in the world. So uh, give me one second and let me pull these up. Uh, we were watching, I was watching for the second time, Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah. And with Kayla for the first time, and that's an underrated movie. Yeah, very right? much. That's so. a that's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's on HBO. Um, okay, Max. So jo- called Large <laughs> Girl. Joseph, are you aware of Brood X? Do you know what I'm talking about? I want to say vaguely. Okay. Uh, probably when you play the clip, I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Brood X or Brood 10. I think Brood 10 sounds way less cool, so I, I always call it Brood X. It's like when the iPhone 10 came out. Everyone's like, iPhone 10? I'm like, no, yeah. iPhone X. That sounds way cooler. Yeah, um, that's right. So I, I won't spoil it. I'll let this this little uh, this clip right here um, from Ohio State uh, give a little bit of detail. And then we're going to talk about some of the sort of weird uh, globalist stuff 
dealing with uh with brood x uh okay. anyway uh i think it's good to go you can see it right yeah i can good see go. it i'm All good right. to go here we go after being buried eight feet underground for nearly 20 years the cicadas known as brood 10 are making their presence known dr david shetler professor emeritus of entomology at the ohio state university and who is affectionately known as the bug doc says Brood 10 is breaking out of their shells and will be gone by the end of June. It takes them about uh, six or seven hours to complete the emergence process. The, the little nymph comes up, climbs up some vertical surface to where it's leaning back just a little bit, splits the back of its exoskeleton. The new adult emerges from that, and it's white. It's a snowy, creamy white color when it emerges. It will finally wiggle out of that exoskeleton, hold on with its legs, and then it will expand the wings. Dr. Shetler says cicadas help with the growth of trees, making their foliage more dense by pruning the branches and then acting as fertilizer. I mentioned that there could be thousands of them. Pounds of them come out from underneath a tree. Well, after they lay eggs, they all die and drop back to the ground and their dead bodies, as they decompose, return nutrients back to the soil. And so we've actually also documented that if you take a look at the growth rings for like the, the couple of years after the cicada, they're bigger growth rings. Okay, so uh, I think it's really cool. <laughs> um, cicadas are sort like people have sort of different opinions about them or whatever. I actually love the noise that they make, right. but I, I, when I grew up going to the beach and there were always lots of them there. Uh, and so it's kind of this like calming sound for me, but there are a lot of people that hate it because it just sounds like screeching, right. you know? Uh, so do you know where I'm going with this? I think I do. Okay. I think I do. I'm so going to wait though and see. There is a trend going around and they're trying to push this pretty hard in the states specifically, um, and it's because yeah. the the thing they're trying are to, they in our energy drinks now? So I was trying to find a <laughs> I was trying to find a clip about that and couldn't find one. Uh, I need to go oh, back yeah. and check No Agenda. If I can find it, I'll, I'll see if I can play it next week. But no, well, no, uh, because before they start doing it, they're not even dude. They're not even trying to hide it and be like, oh, we're kind of doing that. They just want us to straight up eat these things. <laughs> So here's the hey guys, here's the next clip. Yoon from Brooklyn Bogs. We're going to create an eight-course tasting menu with cicadas. And here we collected these from Princeton, New Jersey. A little sampling. They've been dwelling underground for 17 years, gorging themselves on tree sap and plant sap, where they've just been waiting for 17 years for this day, for this moment, 2021. Oh my god, that's freaking good. It's kind of like a, a little bit like a tiny shrimp. Like a very good uh, bar snack that would pair well with a good Asahi beer, I'd say. And we have quail eggs and a fermented habanero cricket hot sauce. So you have the herbaceousness of the perla leaf, the beautiful fruity nuttiness of the forbidden rice, the spicy umami of the fermented kimchi cicada nymphs, and the refreshingness of the cucumbers. It's kind of like a high-end Nestle's like rice crunch bar with the cicada as a crunch, a little bit, yeah. 
when the ground reaches 64 degrees, they're going to come out and emerge in mass where they'll molt and reach their adult life stage. Once the males and females mate, the males will die. The females lay their eggs in the trees and they too will die. Then the eggs hatch, the nymphs fall to the ground and they go back underground where this incredible and beautiful life cycle would begin anew for another 17 years. Okay. <laughs> that dude talking all like, I know. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, what am I trying to say? All sophisticated about yeah, it. And about bu- about eating class. bugs. <laughs> this is, dude, but seriously, this is what they're trying to pull. It, this is like oh, the man, new what's thing. What's the agenda behind this? Trying to get us off of meat? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. They're like, oh, it'll be more energy efficient. But the, the thing that's, that's interesting, and this just popped into my head, is that you're taking a, the cicadas away from the, the places that they, they grow and they die and then they go back into the ground. Isn't this going to be an environmental hazard? Because then the trees yep. aren't, aren't having, like you're messing with potentially the life cycle of trees in the area and like life in general. Exactly. Uh, I actually had thought about that. Yeah. When, during, during while he was eating them. Then I, the second thing I thought of was how do you get the forbidden rice if it's forbidden? But <laughs> 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 I mean, we need some ISOs. Uh, we, we do some crickets for when I do a bad joke <laughs> or cicadas. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Um, so that's, that's Uh-oh. one, uh, that's one of the, the animal stories, if you will, that that's going on right now. Uh, the X, the next one comes straight out of the pit of hell itself, Australia, where all of the worst possible things in the world constantly happen. Deadly creatures, the worst wildfires. They're surrounded by sharks, like great whites, Oh man! you know, it's Australia Everything. always has problems. Uh, this one in particular, Mordor's I, in Australia. Mordor is basically in Australia. It, yeah. Uh, so here is, here, here's the, uh, the next story. Okay. Share it with me so I can, as soon as I pull it up. Yeah. There we go. Let me make sure the mute is off. Let's do it. See what Sauron has for us today. Every morning before work for the last several months, Cody Brady's morning ritual has involved scooping up dead mice on his farm in Coonabarabran, Australia, as shown in graphic footage, which will follow. The livestock farmer has had to drown rodents in buckets or set poisons as the biggest plague of mice in decades continues to sweep across the Australian state of New South Wales. Uh, it's, the smell is rotten. Like, you know, the, the live smell of a mice is, you know, terrible. But, um, yeah, the dead smells, you know, ten times worse. And so I've been baiting, which, you know, I don't really like... Um, baiting because of the effects of the wildlife and that like so I do live in a really nice area with lots of wildlife and that um, but my morning ritual is you know to go out and I get a couple of hundred um, mice every night I catch in buckets um, the water bucket traps um, I've got about 15 bait stations and I spend at least an hour every morning every night picking up dead mice like to you know reduce that risk of the you know um, you know the wildlife yeah, getting hurt. The region has been battling a mice plague for several months now, after heavy rains relieved the country's worst drought in 50 years. The wet weather helped produce the country's largest ever grain crop, providing ample food for mice. 
In May, New South Wales state offered farmers free bait to deal with the problem. But the size of the outbreak has led to calls on the government to allow the use of bromodialone, a toxic poison currently banned in Australia. So you, you guys uh, watch, listening to the podcast can't see. They're shoveling mounds of mice into bags to get rid of them. That's how bad the problem is in Australia right now. Bro. <laughs> I'm going to be getting some freaking snakes and planting them on my property there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hey, mean? at least at least Australia has lots of snakes. and going to have to import some more snakes for all them mice. I mean, those I, I saw a couple other videos. I don't I don't think that one had it in there, but people are like dumping these things out of farm equipment that, that you know, they're getting sucked up when they're going in to like harvest uh, crops and do other wow. things like that. And uh, I mean, it's going to it's going to hurt. Australia's economy, I think, uh, but pretty badly because there's probably a lot of that stuff that they won't be able to use and sell because it's tainted by like whatever potential diseases the mice have and um, have and everything. Yeah, I one thought I, or two thoughts I had was first, I bet the freaking animals there that are eating the mice probably live in high on the hog. You know what I mean? Probably mm-hmm. nice and fat. Probably going to have some huge snakes in the future. Yeah. Um, but secondly, uh. I thought you were going in the route that they're going to talk about eating the mice. <laughs> I was going to bring it up. I was like, that's the solution. Catch them. <laughs> but it has to be the, the next solution, yeah. right? Yeah. And I mean, with the way Australia is going, man, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes around eventually where they're like, lockdowns all the time. Now you got to eat mice. We don't have, an, you know, you yeah, can't go I anywhere. Gonna, I was going to be like, is that because of the meat shortage going on i know there's some meat shortage going on here supposedly supposedly i haven't seen any at my grocery store no but i mean i live where i live i mean we produce a ton of meat yeah we haven't had any problems either that i'm aware of um except for chicken there has been some chicken issues but yeah i agree with that we haven't had a ton of chicken here wings Um, wings in particular there was a legit a legit wing shortage at one point so oh man that's why i could never find that crap Uh i was like what is going on yeah um but I don't know. It's just it's interesting because you know they're gonna tell them to eat them, and I ain't no mice. Yeah. You know, freaking <laughs> gonna get coronavirus ten point coronavirus X. <laughs> oh no! The Back new, for revenge. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I just, I kind of thought that was interesting. And I've, I asked a couple people this week, I was like, Hey, did you know that there's a mouse plague going on in Australia? And they're like, no. So the more, you the know, right. Bonic plague. Oh, bro. I, and you there's, know, there's a, a part of me that would tell you that the reason they're having this specific outbreak is because of lockdowns. And so no one was paying attention to what was going on and it got out of hand and now it's, it's everywhere. Yep. That tends to be the case is when you be. ignore that stuff, it blows up sometimes. Yep, Australia's nuts, man. And you, they got that rainfall too, and 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 from what the clip said, that led to uh, more grains, and mm-hmm. you know the mouse uh, mice being able to feed on them, and you know you're right, it's probably going to cut their produce down a lot, mm-hmm. their agriculture yep. um, down a lot because they probably won't be able to do a whole lot with it. But I know, I, I don't know about those mice, what diseases they would carry, but. I know the prairie dogs here still carry um, the bubonic plague, so you got to be careful, like, not to. So, not to get bit by them. So, I'm going to tell a story. Allegedly, I was at 
a place. Uh, um, I don't know if I get in trouble for this or not. Uh, but <laughs> it's the end Bella of the show. Me, me and Kayla <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> did. Yeah. No, 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 no. It, it's a good story. I don't think I can get in trouble. But if I can, I was at a place that had, we were driving by a place that had prairie dogs. And I had my dog with me in the back seat. And I had probably the window down like halfway or whatnot. And, I, and I've done this before. And we've driven by plenty of places that have various animals. And Bella's good and all that stuff. Today apparently was not her day to get taunted by these prairie dogs. <laughs> and we're sitting there chilling, looking at them and everything. And she just flies out the window and chases them and yeets one of them. <laughs> she yeets one of them and just picks it up. Not to hurt it or anything, just yeets it. And, it's flying <laughs> and then she uh, is right there at the hole digging it, trying to get the other one out and everything just to play with it. And, uh, I say that because like Kayla was wondering why I was like Bella, get back, and I was being so serious. Yeah. Uh, but because of the bionic play, mm-hmm. they carry it, and yeah. you, know. you don't want that going around. Don't want to deal with that. No, you don't. Nope. Speaking don't of, want to, have to put down your dog. Speaking of the bubonic plague, we're going to talk about Ben Shapiro. Oh yeah, cricket, cricket. Sorry, guys. Cricket, cricket. That was insensitive of me. <laughs> now you're talking about milk toast. <laughs> oh, milk toast so, in, and the Daily Wire. We're actually going to have, I, I, the, on, in, on a serious note, I, I think this this is a very interesting clip that I found about him in an interview that he did. Um, I don't know exactly when he did this, but it kind of gives a little bit of an insight into his life before he was sort of in the public eye. And mm-hmm. it kind of explains a lot, I think, and... I think it's just something to not only help us remember that Ben Shapiro is still a human being, but that we are all human beings like we were talking about earlier. And so um, I want to play this and kind of just get your opinion on it. And then I got one more clip and we can close out the show. Nice. Here we go. Maybe. Here we go. So you spent two years in high school then, essentially, right? Or three. Three, three years. So, yes, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Gotcha. Were, did you feel like you were the outsider the whole time? And yeah. What were people saying or doing to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, I was the outsider the whole time for sure. Um, I mean, I would be um, physically, physically accosted. Uh, there was one situation where I was on, uh, there was kind of a weekend getaway. Uh, and there was one situation where guys legitimately, like, held me down on a bed and hit me with belts. No I way. Mean, there, yeah. There was a situation where, and then that concluded with them, like somebody brought one pair of handcuffs, they dragged the bed frame outside the cabin and then handcuffed me to the bed frame in front of like the entire school. So yeah, no the, yeah it, was, it was good times. Did you have any close friends, middle school or high school, where you could confide in no, or talk to? No, no, Zero, not None. one kid? No. Not one kid your age that you no. could be like, hey, let's talk at lunch or let's... No, I, I mean, I had people I was acquainted with, but no, I, I wouldn't really? say I had any strong, close friends. So did you get invited to, like, birthday parties at kids at school? Did you go I hang out? I mean, out? occasionally, but, it, but not really. I mean, that wasn't... That Church wasn't... kids, like, anything? So, no. I mean, I honestly, I spent most of my childhood talking to adults. I mean, that was that was really kind of, like, most of the people I was having conversations with were 45. Uh, so that meant, number one, the level of conversation was better, but... No, I, I'm, I've never been a friends person. I'm a very wow. family-oriented person. If you had this uh, normal childhood, let's say, mm-hmm. right? You didn't skip grades. Like, kids were nice to you. They, yeah. they invited you to birthday parties. They, like, celebrated you as opposed to put you down and, like, mm-hmm. whipping you with belts and crazy stuff. <laughs> Do you think you would be as driven as a human being that you are today and as focused on, you know, building everything you're building and 
having all these debates. I, I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, really, because one of the things that you learn when you when you get beat on a lot is that you either have to care what people think or you really don't care what people think. Man. Yeah. I didn't realize that, dude. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Dang. I know he's talked a little bit about being bullied in the past, but that's like... That's next level. Yeah. Next level. So... That's like... And today, I mean... Kids would be, I mean, even then, if it would have been reported, probably going to jail mm -hmm. or, you know, whatever you, whatever they call it, mm -hmm. um, juvenile jail, but dang, man. So one of the things that he mentioned in there, and this is kind of where I want to like take this angle a little bit. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he talked about how he's like, I, I, he's basically like, I'm family oriented. I'm not friends oriented. Which is interesting, and he'd be an interesting person to kind of like either be a fly on the wall or just shadow him, you know, like in his life a little bit. Because that is something, in a, in a way, this honestly concerns, it concerns me, considering how big of a personality he is and how much he's out kind of in the public eye and how many people look up to him or in some cases, I think, mm -hmm. honestly idolize him. Because you're talking about a mm -hmm. guy who has a lot of emotional damage and maybe he's dealt with it. Maybe he's been to, you know, they didn't say it in the clip. Yeah. And maybe he's dealt with some of that. I mean, he's got enough money to go to therapy if he needs to. Um, but it seems like it's hardened him, hardened him quite a bit. And mm -hmm. he doesn't really like, I mean, I understand that. Yeah. And I, I just think it's, people should be, a, and this is kind of a bigger picture, but people need to be a little more cautious about who they sort of throw all their weight behind when they support people. Um, especially people who have major, major actual actual trauma from their childhood and who have mm -hmm. in a way sort of just embraced that and turned that into something else rather than kind of mm -hmm. dealing with it and then being like well i've learned from these experiences i'm no longer like this because i honestly do i think it's kind of dangerous not to have friends yeah like he's got i his think it is too and it, i guess i would ask him I would ask him more specifically, like what he means by that, because some people yeah. say I'm more family oriented than friends. Is does he mean just specifically blood related, or mm -hmm. does he mean like like you know I consider you family? You right. know what I mean? I consider right. people like you know Patrick and, and other men in my life who I'm not yeah. necessarily blood related to, but like family because of our faith and our brotherhood and stuff like that. And so, you know, again, I would ask that you know want to question him more, you know, because definitely on the he does have a tendency that when he says things um i think we all do i don't want to just like he's not the only one mm -hmm. i do you do like we all have a tendency to say things and there needs to be more follow-up questions too right that come sure. across uh, a certain way uh, but specifically with him i think like what was it you had just mentioned about um like his trauma and experience and credit and and throwing your support behind on the same sense, not just throwing your support, support behind, but learning how to criticize someone in a loving way and not tearing them down because yeah. you never know what type of, you don't know that person's what they're going right. through currently, what they've been through and it's, stuff so like that. And, it's a hard, and, it's a hard way. It's, it's sort of like a, a person by person situation because you're right and you don't know what they're going through, but that also doesn't mean that they get to be a douchebag to you. You know what I mean? That doesn't. Just because you've yep. gone through massive trauma. I was actually, it's funny, I was talking to somebody about this recently and I, I brought up Guardians of the Galaxy because there's a really good, this has stuck with me for years at this point, but there's a mm -hmm. line in it where one of the other characters is, I think it's uh, it's um, Peter Quill 
and he's complaining about how his mother died and like the effect that that had on him and Rocket Raccoon literally looks at him and he's just like, we all have dead people, right? It's like your, your, the death in your life does not make you special in some sort of way or that, that trauma or mean mm. that you get to, to, to sulk and be the, be this way and, and just be a jerk to everybody around you. Um, and, right. and yes, you should, there, there is that, that sympathy in that as well. But I think you also kind of need that thing where sometimes you need to be like, bro, we all, we've all been through stuff. Sure. It's different for different people and you have to take that case by case. But for you to be like, oh, I have this trauma and no one else understands, or this means that I get to act this way, or you have to treat me this way. It's just like, that's just not how it yeah. works. Um, There's a difference between grieving and it being for and it, a long extended period of time, right? Yeah. And not treating people in a jerk way yeah. versus grieving for a long extended period of time and self-pity and, and treating people mm-hmm. in a jerk way. And, and what has happened to you or has been done to you, does it give you a right to um, continue that cycle? Right. And honestly, like good on him for creating a multi-million dollar empire essentially based off of some childhood trauma. Like it sucks. And I really do hope that he's gotten counseling. And obviously, I mean, we, we kind of joke, uh, we kind of poke fun at him, uh, a bit on here because I disagree with him about a lot of stuff and that's kind of just the mm-hmm. easiest way. It's like, but I, it's, it's not yeah. as if I would wish someone to now, or even then tie him down to a bed and beat him with belts like that's nuts yeah or or even discredit him like he's not smart or does mm-hmm. isn't insightful at times and stuff like that like clearly he's insightful yep you don't get to the point that he's at in his life without having um being a hard worker having mm-hmm. that drive mentality being smart and having common sense and stuff like that we just politically disagree on uh, quite a bit different things with him <laughs> yeah quite a bit of things with him but that doesn't mean that he's some terrible evil or you know this some terrible person that's you know exactly worthy of being ostracized and and stuff like that because you know this is I heard it talked on um so i have a tendency i like listening to people who disagree with me with things mm-hmm. and who have different viewpoints and stuff like that and I find certain points that, you know, the silver linings and some of their stuff. And I was listening to the Bad Christian podcast one time. And one of the points they brought up, which was really interesting and definitely worthy of conversation, is when you ostracize people and kick them out, like, has a tendency to feed what you're ostracized them for. So they become yeah. worse and more engulfed yeah. in it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a very interesting point. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is sometimes there are people that you disagree with who have good points, right? It's mm-hmm. why tribalism and this whole like I I am conservative, I am liberal, therefore I must think this thing. And you know, even if someone it has a logical gives me a logical answer that should make me think at the very least or potentially change my mind. They're just like, no, and they refuse to do it because you get stuck in these cults. Mm-hmm. You get stuck in this like – I mean literally you get stuck in statism where you can't go against right. that thing because it, – and it, and you see this in actual cults where it, you know someone presents something and someone goes, oh man, that actually makes a lot of sense. But they won't remove themselves from it because getting out of it is significantly more painful than just staying in in the thing that's that's hurting them at that point, mm-hmm. you know? It, you know, was it yeah, stock? No, it's kind of I mean, Stockholm syndrome, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, it is right. That 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 would that would be it. It's like you get you get uh, you, you start to like love your captors, essentially. So, yeah. 
I just wanted to bring that up. Okay. I thought that was a really great clip. I was like, I can't, you know, the, uh, the whole thing, if you want to listen to the guy who, uh, he, he kind of has like a pretty good take on it, um, as well. Uh, the, the clip or the, uh, the things in the show notes, the whole thing's about four minutes long. So it's, it, you know, it what's the dude's name? That um, does it? Give me one second. I'll tell you. I don't want this to play. Yeah, I guess I could have just clicked on it myself since I have access to it right here in front of me. Whoops. P F J U N G. That's that's P F Jung. Yeah. If I'm pronouncing it right. So he's got a pretty good take on it. You know, he leans left, but he he seems actually like a kind person. Uh, which is mm-hmm. which is cool. Like he's, you know, he's like, oh, we disagree, but whatever. So um, speaking yeah. now, which hopefully we are when we disagree. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's those moments where you really have to just be like, you know, you got to get a little fire brandy at, at certain moments. But yeah, in general, as long as the conversation's not going anywhere where it's just like crazy, you know, um, yeah. there's a, there's a time to be passionate. There's a time to to kind of do that. And some people, that's just the way that they they uh, they discuss things. You know, they yeah. get they get super. You want to be passionate and call out people's ideas, mm-hmm. but not necessarily tear the person down. Yeah, you know that's when you start throwing out ad hominem attacks and just insults and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's when it's breaking down. Right. Now throwing out just light jokes and stuff like yeah. that—that's different. And but, it's like, and when you get into a conversation with someone, and it's immediate already, it's obvious that you're not going to be having some sort of real conversation with them, and they start throwing straw men or doing whatever to you that's the point where you're just like okay go away now you know what i mean and that's when the joking right. comes in that's when it's just like all right you're an npc have a nice day yeah. <laughs> um so uh, i thought this would be a good clip to end on um i found this okay. a couple of days ago and it I, I hopefully people will listen to this and pay very close attention to what is being said here uh because okay. it should I don't want to say worry people, but hopefully it'll clear some people's minds up about uh, the direction that the United States potentially could go in if the people who want to be your leader stay in charge. Um, So for those of you that are not aware, there's a man named uh, Joseph Goebbels. Goebbels. There's no actual R in his name, but people do that all the time. It's so irritating because I have to like literally think about his name. I'm like, okay, no R, no R. Anyway. Goebbels. He, uh, was a German Nazi politician and Reich Minister of Propaganda for Nazi Germany in 1933 to 1945. He was one of Hitler's closest and most devoted associates and was known for his skills in public speaking and his deeply um, vir- vir- virulent uh, anti-Semitism, which was evident in his uh, uh, in his public- uh, publicity voice, I think is what that says. So I have a clip from him, and I just want to end on this we honestly dude we don't even need to talk about it because i think it's it's pretty okay. clear um especially after, if anyone's listened to the show beforehand uh how uh disturbing the thing his comments are so i'm playing the clip basically in full because there's a question he talks in german and then his translator answers for him uh and i just didn't want to take any of this out of context um for that reason uh, so let me let me set this up. Do do do, almost there. Almost ready. 
I was trying to do the uh, the old song from whoever. All right, ready? I'm ready. What does a new Germany think of economic development in the States? We die wirtschaftliche Entwicklung in America with the allergrößten positive interest. And we are at the best Überzeugung that President Roosevelt and his Berater are on the right way. Es handelt sich in der Tat um das größte wirtschaftliche und soziale Problem aller Zeiten. Die vielen Millionen Arbeitslosen, die ihre Plätze an den Maschinen und in den Kontoren verloren haben, wieder an ihre alten Arbeitsstellen zurückzuführen. Das kann nicht allein der privaten Initiative überlassen werden. Ausschlaggebend ist, dass die öffentliche Hand mit positiven Maßnahmen eingreift. Dr. Goebbels says that... Uh People in Germany are keenly interested and follow very closely the economic development in the United States. And they believe that President Roosevelt and his advisors are on the right way. Because here we are in fact concerned with the greatest economic problem, economic and social problem, which the world has ever had to solve. Namely, to reinstate in the process of production millions of people who have lost their jobs in factories and uh, uh, shops and offices. And in order to solve this problem, it is not sufficient to leave it to private initiative, but the government must take the lead. They believe the majority of people are going to say, you know, the government's here and they're here to help you. Very That's a great uh, place to end it. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, similar perspectives from you know alleged fascists versus modern politicians, if you will. So, but yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, thank you for listening, Joseph. Do you have anything else before we uh, we close out? That's it, man. There's just keep that in mind when the government says they're here to help you and that you need to rely on the government that means more of your freedoms less mm -hmm. so you have less liberty less choice and they can tell you what to do and what not to do and um at the end of the day you're left to their whim and if you believe that well men are stupid then you know who do you think and by men i mean women and men mm -hmm. uh then who do you think is in government stupid people so you know you should be able to um, have a limited form of government uh, that's, you know, a highly decentralized federal government um, and just, you know, be able to have more direct involvement with your local and state government. So mm. that way you can have some more freedom in your life. Yeah, because uh, the, you know, the other answer is uh, government has control and obviously that leads potentially to some very dark places. And it seems that yep. are like a lot of, uh, people in government currently seem to agree with Joseph Goebbels about, uh, the role of government in society and whether the public or government should be in control. So yep. anyway, uh, that's it for this week and we'll uh, talk to you guys next time. See ya.
tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you wore shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politic and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. Looking at the technological advances I used to be on dial up looking for answers Now what? Underappreciating was candid And 20 years later we got computers that hand fit Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe Used to go through a label if you trying to blow Now people got more options on the table, gotta post Social media got us connected as ever on every medium Should be more righteous and clever but what we see in this Communication is error and still the devious Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate Cause idiots get heebie-jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you Try to ruin your whole life cause you say what they dislike God forbid y'all disagree without a fight The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up Jack Your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated And now you pay it forward Let people make your blood boil Emotions firing like microwave foil Or the oil, they annoy you You add another's neck for the wrong reasons Election years now seeming like full-blown seasons Man, you let politics ruin Or rather, control Your whole life, man, you gonna be a miserable person Straight up And unfortunately, that's where we're at A lot of people are consumed by this Driving them crazy and they hate their neighbors. Sad.